Welcome to Transit Unplugged, the award-winning industry-leading podcast that's taking the world by storm. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and today's program brings you an inside look at North America's first-ever full-size autonomous buses in revenue service coming this year. Our guest is Dennis Selinski, Public Transit Administrator for the Connecticut Department of Transportation, and he takes us inside the launch of this first autonomous heavy-duty buses in revenue service for North America. The demonstration project will deploy three battery electric 40-foot new flyer heavy-duty buses, and they'll be operated on the CT Fast Track Corridor, a dedicated nine-mile-long facility between New Britain and Hartford, Connecticut. All that on this episode of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today, we're excited to have with us a longtime friend of mine, but first-time guest on the program, Dennis Selinski, who is Public Transit Administrator at Connecticut Department of Transportation. Dennis, thanks so much for being with us today on the program. I'm thrilled to be here, Paul. That's good. Well, you have a lot going on up there in Connecticut, and we're going to get to it soon. But I know you've been a longtime listener to the show, and we normally like to start out by asking our guests a little bit about themselves. And so you want to tell us some about your background and how you ended up as administrator there at CT Transit? Sure. I'm a 30-year transit veteran. I've managed uh, four transit properties as the CEO over the course of my career. Uh, I've been in Connecticut for four years. I started in, in my early 20s in public transit and have largely stayed in it throughout my career. Developed with it, always with a larger system, of course. And I found it just to be an absolutely tremendous career, both from a challenge, personal challenge perspective. And as you and we all know, the people in it are just fantastic. Yeah. So tell us about the properties. Where, where'd you come from? Well, I started a really small system in Ohio that was basically a coordinated system. I wrote their first public transit grant so that they could become a uh, recipient in Ohio of public transit funding in Medina. Ohio, which is kind of a suburb, uh, kind of a bedroom community for Cleveland and Akron. I moved from there to another another county, two counties over for a larger, a small urban property several years later. From there, I moved to Erie, Pennsylvania. I lived in Erie, Pennsylvania and managed that property for about 14 years. I spent a little time on the West Coast in Washington and ran a property in Southeast Washington. And then I am uh, now find myself in Connecticut managing all the state's bus service. Yeah, so tell us about that. That's, that's quite a career, by the way, and a, and a great kind of movement up. Tell us about CT Transit itself, Connecticut Transit, and kind of describe it to us, the scope and the breadth. You know, it's, and really, the it's, really, it's really unique here, Paul. About 80% of our fixed route public transit is directly operated by the DOT. Where in most states, the, the DOT is largely just a funding conduit to the transit authorities. And right. that's the way it was in the other states that I'd worked on all throughout my career. In Connecticut, we actually have an organization called CT Transit, which manages most of the large, um, runs most of the large cities' bus services throughout the state, with one or two exceptions or a few exceptions. 
So we have a, a few districts, which are similar to authorities, that we fund at about 90%, as well as the direct properties that we manage 100%. So basically in Connecticut, you either you, you either are a CT transit property that we manage 100% directly, or you're a transit district, which we fund at about 90%. So needless to say, because of that, we have a great deal of influence on the organizations and it allows us to, to do a lot in terms of having them work together. We have just a tremendous team of managers here. I can't possibly say enough about them, especially coming out of COVID. So it's a little bit of a unique situation in that regard, but it gives us a lot of opportunity to do unique things because we have influence over all the transit in the state. So who do you report to? I report to the Bureau Chief of Public Transportation, who reports to the commissioner. Okay. Uh, the bureau chief manages both the bus side and the rail side. Uh, I manage the bus side. Okay. And how many buses and that kind of stuff do you have to go through some of the statistics? There's roughly 850 fixed route coaches in the fleet, probably at least as many paratransit vehicles as well, just in our fleet. So it's a very sizable operation. We do about 40 million trips a year annually. Wow. And do you outsource any of that to like, uh, you know, paratransit to some of these companies or do you run that yourself? No, it's all outsourced. CT Transit is our brand. We have several companies, including First Transit, which has a number of the properties that they manage. Um, We have a couple other properties that are managed by local companies as well that are sizable. So it's all managed through third parties, mostly all managed through third parties. The fixed route as well as the paratransit? Yep. Okay. Everything we, we vend out everything either directly to private providers or, like I said, we have a, a number of districts which are similar to authorities. Gotcha. Um, again, although we although we fund them almost exclusively, unlike a typical authority with the other authorities I managed, maybe forty percent of the money came from the state. Right and here, it's 90, 90 plus, so it's a yeah. different relationship. Yep, you and I had similar roles when I was head of MTA in Baltimore. Same thing. I actually was a state agency, just like just like you're a part of the state. Yeah, I wasn't um, as familiar with this until I came to the East Coast. Yeah. I think it's more popular here uh, yep. than in other like, places I live. M- is it similar to MBTA? I think so. I yeah. think so. I, you know, I, I'm not that familiar with them, but it seems like you got New Jersey Transit, probably similar to that. That's We've right. had some high-level folks. The guy I work for, a good guy, he was from New Jersey Transit, former commissioner as well. So they've told me a little bit about it, but I think it's probably somewhat similar to that. Yep. And then you've got like Hartford and Bridgeport, cities that people have probably heard about. They're the districts that you uh, fund 90%? Bridgeport, yes. Hartford is a CT transit property. Okay. Uh, so we manage, Hart- we manage Hartford, New Haven, Stanford, Waterbury directly. Uh, Bridgeport, Norwalk, and a, couple, a few of the smaller cities are actually districts, gotcha. which and, have a board. And, and what's your annual like operating and capital budget? We were on operating in the 200 million range, and capital varies, of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, depending on you know what we're working on. Now, do you have an advisory board or anything like that? Well, we obviously roll up under the under the state legislature. Right. So Rich and I, the my, the bureau chief, we we report directly to the commissioner and the deputy commissioner. Of course, they report up to the governor. Right. So um, and and the and the legislature. And the legislature. So that's kind yeah. of the, Chain of command, yeah. Yep, nope. very similar. Very similar to what I've seen, at least in Maryland and other states. Like you said, it's a, it's a northeast phenomenon, it seems like, instead of being standalone transit authorities. 
So let's flip more now to some of the big news you have uh, that's coming out of uh, Connecticut. Why don't we talk about uh, the biggest news right up front? Uh, you've, you're doing something, I think, maybe the first person in the country, Connecticut Department of Transportation. The press release came out, said we'll launch the first automated heavy-duty buses and revenue service in North America. Tell us about that. Yeah, Paul, you really set, kind of set the table well. We currently own a BRT line that we call Fast Track. And the BRT line uh, runs from New Britain into Hartford. And um, it was built the year before I arrived, which was almost four or five years ago. And it serves about three and a half million people a year. And it's very unique in that it's a, it's a dedicated guideway for BRT. We own, because we're the DOT, which we talked about pretty extensively here, we own the entire guideway. We own the signalization. We control who comes on and off the guideway. And so because we have this asset, we, I knew when I got here a few years ago and we could see these technology um, improvements coming and changes in the industry, we felt that we were, that our fast track would be a, the perfect um, opportunity, perfect venue to, to start implementing automated technology. Okay. Like and, um, and, yeah, exactly. So the, the guideway itself runs into Hartford and there's a little loop in Hartford that runs through mixed traffic in the downtown. And then you get right back on the guideway and you're in basically what is an old railroad right away that we've converted into a, our, 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 fi- our fixed guideway. So, so this, it's just an ideal situation because you can, you can try out buses on the guideway and have drivers sitting behind the wheel and allow the autonomous technology to do what it does safely because you control everything that goes on in the guideway. And then when the, when the buses, when the buses get into downtown and make their little loop, the driver simply takes over, drives it through the downtown and then gets it back on the guideway. And then potentially in future iterations of, of the project, we could allow once tested, we could potentially allow the vehicles to drive through the little loop in downtown. And it gives us an opportunity to migrate this as the technology goes. So, so when I arrived here about four years ago, and we could see all this technology coming, we saw the the, the start of of testing and pilots for small little shuttle vehicles. We thought, man, this is. I thought, man, this is perfect for us. This is this is this is the right venue to try and work on autonomous large bus projects. So we started to to bring folks in. We started doing tours of the fast track with all the major manufacturers. And we brought in anybody that had any interest in automated auto, autonomous buses. We talked to folks outside of the country, inside of the country, projects going on all over the world. And we came up with what we felt was a winning team. We applied for an IMI grant through FTA, and lo and behold, we were awarded it. So we have put together a project team who I believe are just tremendous folks. Uh, we have a great team together of folks who are working on the, what we believe is the first ever autonomous bus project in North America. And so it's been awarded. The buses are to be produced by New Flyer. They have a company called Robotics Research that they have partnered with, who's doing the autonomous portion of the um, project. And the buses are, the first bus is intended to go online very late this year, it'd be late December. And um, we have about a two and a half year window after that, that we expect it's going to take to uh, run the project through. That's great. And uh, so you got this integrated mobility innovation grant approved. Was that about $2 million? Is that what I understand? 
Yep. And we also went after some uh, low no money to pay the incremental difference. We, the, the, the project is to be three buses. There's some things we're studying. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But the project is to be three electric 40-foot buses. So we're able to get some low no money through FTA as well to help pay the incremental difference between a diesel and electric bus. And a lot of the charging and infrastructure costs is coming out of that. So we've been awarded two two grants to significantly help us fund the project. Yeah, that's great. And so do you have any other zero emission buses in your fleet or is this your first foray into that front? We've just started into it. We just introduced the first ones into into Bridgeport and they are literally hitting the ground now. We have recently led a contract for two years for the purchase of electric buses. We have a couple other properties online. So we're doing it concurrently. Uh, we have four four cities in the next two years that will have electric buses introduced to them and garages that are being uh, built out accordingly to, to accept them. That's great. And you're, are you also working with your university there to bring in kind of the academic world? I know that when I was in Switzerland and they had the first autonomous shuttle bus with 11, 12 passengers, they were quick to point out to me that they did it in conjunction with local universities. I think you have some of that going on too, right? Yeah, we do. We have UConn heavily engaged, the uh, University of Connecticut, in the project. They're going to do a lot of data work for us. They do a lot of data work for us now in terms of our studies and things like that. So they're going to, they're, they've got a department there that we're partnering with who's going to uh, help manage a lot of the data from, from the um, project. That's great. That's always good to have them in there. And since this is a kind of a first in North America, which I believe you're correct, I'm not aware of anyone else running 40-foot busts with autonomous. So let's talk about some of the details and what you're hoping to kind of study and help the rest of the industry with. Maybe talk about auto docking and what that's, what that is. And yeah, um, firstly, we, we'd say, or I'd say that the, the, the goal here isn't, isn't to replace drivers. The goal here, there will be a driver behind the wheel of the bus the entire time that the vehicle is on the road. The, the, the types of things that we're really excited about studying um, in this project, one is precision docking. Our guideway has platforms like a, like you would see on a rail line and so the buses pull up to to the platforms and each time a driver pulls up naturally uh, they each driver pulls up a little differently of course we are always concerned with the distance that the bus is from the platform for people to jump on and off and of course for the elderly and disabled and folks like that as well so the goal is to in that in that regard is to study having the bus with the driver behind the wheel self-dock that will allow for us to certainly not hit the platform, not be too far from the platform, but try to get a absolutely precision situation each time we, we approach the platform and, and stop for passengers to, to get on and off the bus. That's awesome. Uh, the second thing that we're, is really cool too, we're going to be studying platooning. We currently on our guideway run, some of our buses are 60-foot articulated buses because of the large numbers of passengers during high peak times. Of course, during low peak times, those buses are less full. And throughout the course of my career, not just in Connecticut, but everywhere I've lived, we sometimes in our business take criticism from the public for buses that are less than full in non-peak times. Folks that may not necessarily understand that that bus is absolutely packed at seven o'clock in the morning, but at one o'clock in the afternoon is less full. That problem, the, the, the perception of that is particularly difficult when it's a 60-foot articulated bus. Yeah. So, so we feel that through platooning, 
we can study the ability to maybe have smaller buses that are partnered together during peak service, therefore being largely full, and then could literally go in separate directions or be removed from service during non-peak times so that you don't have as big of a vehicle on the road and don't have the public perception of a bus being empty at a time of the day when there's much less traffic. You know, as you know, we build our roads the same way, right? If you go out to the highway, if you go out to Route 5 out in California at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's a traffic jam 10 or 15 lanes wide. But if you go look at it at 1 o'clock in the morning, it's pretty empty. So we run through the same situation in our business, everybody knows. And we think there's a lot of real strong applications for platooning to study. And that's the reason why we're acquiring three buses so that we can look at a lot of different things like that. The idea that a vehicle could potentially draft behind another vehicle and maybe like with our Arctics have one driver, but then eventually the second vehicle could leave or go be used for other things. If the tuning works successfully, we think it will. So that's the second really big initiative that we're studying for tuning and, and precision docking. When you say what well, we're studying it. So when you're done this pilot Will you produce a report that the rest of the industry can you know, analyze for their use? Yeah, absolutely. The FTA is very, very excited about what we're doing. A lot of folks are really, words getting out, and a lot of folks are really excited about what we're doing. I'm trying to posture the fast track as one of the premier venues in the country to test this type of technology. Um, we would like this to be the first pilot of many. We're, we're entertaining any, any and all potential folks from our industry to come and ride the fast track, view the venue, and present us with potential partnerships for future projects. So we see this as just basically, um, because we own the guideway, we own the signalization, we intend to, part of the investment will be for you know, this autonomous technology. Oftentimes, you, you have structures on the guideway that talk to the bus as well. So there's an investment in that type of equipment that would, you know, last the test of time and then hopefully potentially move into uh, future uh, projects as well. So we're trying to posture this, this, the, the fast track as the, as the right place to do this, this kind of stuff. And as a DOT, with the partnerships we already have with all the communities along the line, the natural partnerships we have and control we have over the fast track itself, we, we feel we have the right relationships and partnerships to move these types of projects along where sometimes they may get stuck um, with folks that don't have the, the relationships that we do with all the potential parties that are involved. That's a good point. So uh, is, this, is the primary location this in Hartford? The line runs from New Britain to Hartford, but yes, okay. about nine and a half miles long. The cities are excited about it and, and supportive? Yeah, there's been a nice local buzz about it at this point. I don't think everyone clearly understands it yet. It's just getting started. I mean, we're literally in the process of signing all the relationships with all the different partners that we have in the group and putting together our plan to initiate the buses and put them into service. But we're, we're really just getting going. As, as, the, as we get closer towards the buses being delivered, and we have, we're going to have the, literally have them running in public service, so folks will ride them, and you yeah. can come and ride the first first ever automated bus in I would love um, to do that. North I'd America. Love to do any, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I want to film it, put it out there in social media. It'd be awesome. Are you going to? So FTA has brought us to a group through the through the IMI folks that 
we're trying to coordinate and partner with as many of our peers as we can. We, we will try to put together. We will try to put together a a group of folks who from our industry of interested folks who can kind of track what's going on, learn from us, and stay engaged with the process and come visit, ride it. We're all in this together. So our goal is to partner with all the folks in the industry we possibly can and be, of course, as transparent as we can with whatever we learn. And how could people who are listening to this program get a hold of you and, and let you know that they're interested? Well, my email address is well known. It's online. I'm on LinkedIn. You can reach me anytime at the DOT. I would encourage anyone to reach out that has any interest whatsoever. Uh, we are putting some mechanisms in place to communicate everything as it goes forward and partner as much as we can. Yeah. And we, we hopefully will have, we intend to have a successful project. And as we go through, we'll be presenting it in every, all the places, typical places that that's done and um, sharing as much as we possibly can. And how are you going to do fairing on the bus? Are you going to do validators and contactless cards or what's your game plan there? Well, we currently have a smart card system on all of our buses in CT Transit and, and on the guideway. We, we have not gotten that far through the process as to what we expect to do when we, un, when we first un, unveil them. Will we charge okay. fare for the first rides? Will we make it fare free? We, we, we're not to that point in our discussion yet. Okay, but you will be using SAE Level 4 technology with an onboard safety attendant at the operator control at all times, right? That's correct. Exactly yep. correct. And these yep. big buses are still going to use the same type of technology like LIDAR, like the smaller ones do when they can sense objects through wavelengths of light? Yes, yes. It's the most advanced technology that's available today. Um, probably not the guy to give you a descript. That's um, all right. Yeah, um, yeah you know, explanation, but I can tell you robotics research works closely with the military and has a lot of successful work done with the military. And and what I've seen from them so far is we, we just have a world-class team together here. We're thrilled so far with, we're thrilled so far with them. Uh, we have CTE on board as our consultant, consultant managing the project for us. They've been first class. We've got New Flyer in, who is, again, one of the more progressive manufacturers in our business. So you know, we're excited to partner with them, had a great relationship with them and many other manufacturers for years yeah. as well. So I think it's a great thing for everyone. And we've got folks looking at it from the commercial aspect too. There's an interest in this technology, not just in public transit, but in, in, in trucking and other, in other uh, industries outside of public transportation as well. So we've been, we've already had folks reaching out in that regard. It's going to be a tremendously popular project is no question. Yeah. Well, Dennis, I can't congratulate you enough on being the first in North America to be doing something like this. Full-size autonomous buses in public transit in 2020 is the game plan. Amazing. We're very excited about it. It's been three years of very hard work, being doggedly persistent from the time you spent doing this. We were just doggedly persistent in, in grant writing, communicating with everybody we possibly could. And really helping folks understand what a great I, I can't under I can't undersell the great asset that we have in, in the CT fast track for this. So we, we think we have a winning combination. Well, I can't wait to hear how it's going. We'll check back with you early next year and maybe have an update on uh, on one of our podcasts and and have you tell us all the great successes that you're going to be having with this great new program. Thank you so much for being a guest with us today on Transit Unplugged, where we really focused on a brand new technology coming to North America. We're so excited about it. 
and wish you the very best as you continue to prosper there in Connecticut. It's always a pleasure, Paul. We look forward to having you down to ride it. Thank you. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.